So, as, as cheesy as it can be, it, this is really is true. As far back as I can remember, I've always wanted to meet Ray Liotta. He's he was probably one of my one of my favorite actors yeah. in, in particular, just for Goodfellas. I mean, I've liked him in some other stuff as well, but I always go back to that well because Goodfellas remains one of my all time favorite movies. I usually it's one of the films I'll say when it, people ask me what my favorite film is. I I have some other ones I rotate in and out because I mean I'm never fully committing absolutely. Right. I have a vague top 10, which even then isn't in any particular order. Even then, some pop in and out of that top 10. But uh, Goodfellas is usually in there. I don't think it's ever not been. <laughs> like, legitimately, it was one yeah. of the first Scorsese movies I ever watched. And hmm. Ray Liotta does such a great job in that movie. I mean, he's the narrator, the main narrator, anyway. Because, I mean, um, Karen, uh, I can't even think of her name right now, unfortunately. But uh, the actress who plays... Karen, she also, of course, has good narration at some points, too, but it's pretty much all Ray Liotta, and he's very good at being engaging as a narrator, which can be hard to do, because, I mean, you know, we love to hear Morgan Freeman or whatever narrate, but there's, (laughs) as good as he is, there's a certain level of just whimsy and, like, Morgan Freeman's voice, whereas Ray Liotta, you really capture, like, the manic energy Henry Hill was probably going through it because what we didn't find out until after until after the movie was made was uh, Henry Hill had like a lot of uh, I guess I guess the term would be learning disability stuff like being dyslexic and there's a couple of others in there I can't even remember what they were and so he really admired gangsters as a way to fit in because like he was telling stories I remember in an interview I listened to him like shortly before he died, where he talked about how the, the school told him not to sing the national anthem. He was that bad of a singer. Oh, no. I know. And so, like, you know, he just constantly felt picked on by the school and everything. And so, you know, like, you can see, you can understand now why he had this admiration. And that's not in the film, but, like, uh, both the, the the younger actor who played young Henry Hill and even um, Ray Liotta when he played him as an adult, you could see that there was a certain joy he had for fitting in the entire time but at the same time a certain unease with the darker aspects well, of it it's all. it's like with that mob lifestyle like if you have learning disabilities it unfortunately and i certainly am not calling anyone out specifically so please don't kill me it does attract uh like fell out of the school system uneducated type so it's like if you have a learning disability versus uh i i i don't want to or need to learn the end result is the same and so you can really find some peers that will still grant you respect and power for other things Mm. and i could see the draw there (laughs) i'm just saying like this is a guy like what a what a back-to-back thing too 1989 he did field of dreams and then 1990, he gets Goodfellas. <laughs> I'm, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't even put those two together. Right. I mean, like the probably the only actor who has anything. Well, okay, not the only, but one of the only other actors I can think of who has such a great combination of films is uh, Tom Hanks. Because what happened? He he does um, Philadelphia in '93, and then he does um, Forrest Gump in '94. <laughs> And that's what won Tom Hanks' Oscars. Unfortunately, I don't think Ray Liotta was ever even nominated, which just feels like a crime. Like, you know, uh, what? I didn't realize. Sorry, and I just <laughs> fact checked you. 
I didn't realize Field of Dreams was 89. I would have placed that like a good six or seven years after that. I didn't realize. Oh, really? Yeah. No, 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 because 96 is when Kevin Costner was doing like um, The Postman. Okay, that one I probably got the year wrong. No, sorry. 96 would have been like Waterworld. Okay, when was Prince of Thieves? I got to find that. Oh, Prince of Thieves was, I'm pretty sure, 92, 93. The late late NES era, right before we really got into SNES era, because there was a... Oh, 91. Oh, man. 91. See, see, again, yeah. (sighs) All this is making me feel so old. Early early 90s, Brian Adams in between that, and then uh, I think it was him on Streets of Philadelphia. Or was that Bruce Springsteen? Anyway, we're getting a little off track. Yeah. Sorry, go We're on. We're just getting into random movie trivia. My my point is, like, Ray Liotta is going to be, I hopefully remember, is one of those actors who, like, is was criminally underrated in in an award sense because he was very much a working actor. Yeah. It, it, he's kind of like uh, Donald Sutherland, who's thankfully still with us. Hopefully I'm not cursing him by saying it because Donald Sutherland. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, right. You've I don't want to be that guy, but I, I got to call it up because Donald Sutherland Fantastic actor, never been nominated for an Academy Award. That's a crime. Right? Like, I'm not saying that there's so many people that it's so well-deserved, but there are a lot of people that I'm... And I don't have anyone in mind, and I'm not going to name anyone in particular, but there are several people that I can't believe got one before he did. Like, Oh, I know. <laughs> I'll leave it at that without trying to throw shade, but I'm throwing shade. (laughs) Yes, vague shade is fine. Uh, But that's kind of where I want to leave it. It's just, this is, I consider him a fantastic actor, even even if just for those two movies. I mean, he's he's done some other great work, but those are the ones, you know, that'll be easiest for people to find, I imagine. Right. And, I mean, it's I don't think it's a secret to say that Goodfellas is probably one of Scorsese's best films, if not his best film. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, by the way, we actually skipped this part. For those of you with your head in the ground and that aren't actually paying any attention to recent news, reason we're talking about Ray Liotta is he did recently pass on May 26, 2022. Yeah. He was in the middle of making another film, too. we, we We skipped, like, the main reason we're bringing him up. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. an amazing actor. Oh, yeah. And on that note, cue Emily. Theme song. Three, two, one, zero! If they crash, crash out of boot class, if I drive like Reese and Grove, you'll walk up a universal bank, carry on great suit, shine a flower! Garbage! All right. So... <laughs> Um, welcome to Carbon Podcast. What episode was this, Chris? Uh, this is 414. All right. So we're 10 later than 404, so podcast is found. We finally found Yay. it. Yay! Glad we, <laughs> yeah. And you, and what we found, where the podcast was? Friendship. That's what Duh. we found. I don't care how forced that joke was. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of the force. Uh, yeah. So I, I just want to preload this. Uh, it was mentioned a couple weeks ago. I'm sure that I was going to Vegas, and I kind of talked about what I was going to do. We're gonna. I think we're gonna put that at the end and talk about the other random shit we want to talk about first. Yeah, because that's gonna be uh, basically a big Peter led episode with me. Uh, oh, I've got stories derailing <laughs> and interrupting. Uh, but 
mostly trying to engage. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I did last week give a honestly mediocre, but not not negative, just mediocre review of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So listen to episode 413 if you want to hear that. But since then, I've watched episode 3. I know I gave a little bit of spoilers. Uh, I I tried to make it mostly spoiler-free, but th- definitely some stuff got out. So if that ruined your day, sorry. I am going to spoil nothing about episode 3. Other than it takes a turn. If you were sort of... Like, it's going to be polarizing whether you love it or hate it. But if you were unsure about the series, watch episode three. You will have a decision at the end. That's all I'm going to say. Um, But what I actually wanted to talk about... uh, Peter, have you heard about... uh, There's uh, the character Reva, uh, the fourth sister. She's one of Mm. the Inquisitors. Third sister. Is she third? I thought... Oh, no. She is... No, she is fourth. I'm pretty sure she's fourth. No, Rave, I'm looking at the Wikipedia article right now. And it says she's third? Okay, I thought yeah. she was fourth. Rave Savander, third sister, played by Moses Ingram. Yeah, Moses Ingram, who, by the way, I have to add, I'm only clarifying this for the story. This literally doesn't come up in the show at all. She is... I don't know if she's African-American, but she is of African descent. Doesn't matter. Doesn't come up. She is an actress playing a character really, really well. Apparently, uh, Star Wars fans, and I say that in quotes, because Star Wars fans are fucking worst fan base. Uh, I'm, I'm, let, me, let me take a quote from Ewan McGregor on the subject. In res- like, uh, Hang on, here's the quote. If you're sending her bullying messages, you're no Star Wars fan in my mind. Yeah. But he he prefaced that, which, uh, jumping back a little bit, she has been getting... Uh, it's the same thing that happened to... What was the... Um, uh, eight Episode 8? Eight, which one was that? Yeah, what happened to uh, freaking... Um, I'm forgetting her name, her but name? yeah, her. Uh, but she the got, actress who played Rose. Uh, yeah, um... I have to look it up. I don't want to do her the injustice. No, no, no. Just... Keep going. I'll, I'll get. I'll get the okay. name in there. Uh, but Star Wars fans, for Kelly Marie reason, Tran. Yeah. Um. And not most Star Wars fans, but a certain vocal minority of Star Wars fans, which, as Ewan McGregor said, are not fans at all. They're pieces of shit. They tend to just start attacking characters they don't like with things that have nothing to do with the character like both of these actresses they're getting racially targeted when their race has nothing to do with it and in the case of Rose I don't think that character was well written well utilized I certainly don't think she was poorly acted I didn't like that movie I don't think it's her fault just like Jake Lloyd got just destroyed back in Phantom Menace. Mm. His character, not good. 
No. Completely not his fault. That's the director's yeah. fault, for sure. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, it, around oh, sorry, that can time... I, yep. Can I just inject... I want to inject something before you... Just to compare that. Remember that Jake Lloyd was nine at the time. Mm-hmm. And that a skilled director like Spielberg was able to direct a three- or four-year-old, I want to say four-year-old, in Close Encounters to have the exact emotional response he wanted by manipulating the kid off screen, but like, by manipulating, like, you know, showing him things to get the facial yeah. expressions. Sorry, I realized manipulate was probably not the best word, but you know what I'm, no, this is what I'm saying. As, as an example... That's what a good director does. Um, hang on. To make sure a child actor doesn't, um, you know, deliver a bland performance. Uh, who directed the Wedge? Eggers. Okay, I thought it was Eggers. So, Robert Eggers, for example, in The Witch, or The Vitch, if you actually read it, um, he basically spoilers this, um, this family gets terrorized and eventually ruined by this witch in the forest. But this witch possesses this eight-year-old boy. And one of the signs of the possession is he basically, this young boy, has to start, like, being possessed by a demon and similar to in The Exorcist, like, they made Linda Blair say and do horrible things and they overdubbed her, but Linda Blair still did that. That, she has said years later, kind of fucked her up a bit. Thankfully, she seemingly is okay and got through it but when you're possessed even as a young kid uh you probably need to say and do weird things specifically this kid had to be like thrashing about it mostly naked in a bed under whatever possession and basically in his chanting kind of have an orgasmic experience but what does an eight-year-old know of an orgasm? Like, you can't coach this kid through that. Like, we're not having that conversation. We're not, we're just not doing this. And so they actually, how they coached him through that scene, like, they gave him the nonsense lines because they weren't sexual words. They were just sexual mannerisms. They coached him through getting really, really excited about a soccer game. And it's like... They're, oh, the defense is there, okay, they're getting by, and, like, and they scored, like, cheered, like, they, they coached him through a sports game, and the building rising excitement, and then the release of a cheer, and they managed to get a really unsettling orgasmic experience out of an eight-year-old without traumatizing the actor playing this eight-year-old kid, so it's like, that was a really well-done directorial choice uh it it was a good way to get the really it was very unsettling but you get that unsettling effect without traumatizing a child oh yeah anyway there are ways to do it and then there are ways to do it badly but my point is at no point did of any of these people getting insulted online and terrorized online at no point did their race come into it. So why are these people bringing up race? Because, like I said, Moses oh, Ingram because they're racist. Is a black woman. Mm-hmm. I loved her in the show. 
Oh, she's definitely way. not the problem with the show. She is. Some of the direction's really bad. Yeah. I have lots of problems with the show. See episode yeah. 413 for comments. But she's nope. actually one of the high points of the show to me. I don't understand. Did you bring up the chase in the last episode? I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, I would have needed three episodes to cover that. I'm sorry, Peter. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> that, yeah, that, there's that's a lot. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Jesse, if he, was Jesse on last week? No. He, he, he probably has his opinions on that, too, if he's seen it. <laughs> Um, and he's, I, and he's I a was, film guy. I was explaining to Matt and Kieran who hadn't seen it, so I was sort of spoiler-free trying to give my opinions mm. of the first two episodes. I don't want to rehash it. You should go back and listen at some point. Um, but anyway, Ewan McGregor did post a statement that as the lead character and executive producer... He and the rest of the crew stand by Moses Ingram. She's part of the family, part of the crew, doing a great job. And as you said, uh, he stated, like, if you are, like, sending racist, hateful messages to her, you are no Star Wars fan in my eyes. Mm -hmm. There is so much diversity in this universe there is no room for racism in star wars basically a publicly safe fuck you guys for being jerks uh, like yeah. but it's ridiculous like actually one of my problems with the show and i would never criticize the person i criticize the direction Child Leia. Still mm. one of my least favorite parts of the show. Episode 3 didn't change that. But I would never um, say mean things about the girl playing her. Yeah. I just think it's the direction. And if I may be specific, she is getting too much of it. She's never the camera angles aren't helping either. No, but she is at no point allowed to just naturally come through she is more mechanical than the actual droids in the show anyway <laughs> yeah. um let's, let's maybe think, talk about a, a different show well a different show i don't really peter's seen all of it to date. There's still two more episodes coming out, and was it two? I thought it was four. Uh, two more episodes. From what I've heard, I might be wrong. Two more episodes coming out July 1st, so we got a whole month of a wait. But each of those two episodes is basically movie length. Uh, so, yep, you're right. Yeah. So, I have been noticing how long these episodes are, and like. Each one is, like, a 90-minute short film, but it's... They're long, and I'm liking them. And that's basically all I really wanted to say on Stranger Things is this show has been consistently good, sometimes mm. less good than others, but I have not outright hated any season. And... I kind of hated season three. Uh... To give it to to make it specific, um, 
mainly because people felt needlessly angry a lot, and I mean, yeah. it was probably because they were trying to do the teenage hormone thing, but in particular, I thought Joyce and Hopper were not terribly well written that season. Yeah, fair enough. Especially in the first, like, as the season went on, it got fine, but like the first couple I episodes, I just thought three were kind of better rough. than two. I think two was the weak one. No, I'd like two better than three, honestly. Yeah, fair enough. But I mean, it it does have the weird pacing problem where there's that entire episode about Eleven's adventures in Chicago or whatever. Yeah, which, um, which I totally understand. People don't like that for pacing reasons. But, but... Stranger Things season four, really good. Like among mm. the best I've seen out of the show. I think this is. I mean, <laughs> four out of like one out of four. It's hard to rank them. I still think the first one's the best, but I think four might honestly be second best, but I don't know. I'd have to rewatch to really evaluate. It's definitely got some of my favorite uses of music, which yeah. has always been a strong point for the show. Like, especially, like, some people criticize them using um, the version of Heroes that they did at the end of season three, but since it's kind of the more downbeat, you know, uh, morose version, I, I, it was cool with that. Like, I quite like that montage at the end of season three. And with it, yeah, there's some really good music use in four. I mean, I, you could probably give them crap for the never ending story juxtaposition I, in three. But I loved that. And it was definitely charming. And there is a moment, uh, mild spoiler, uh, but other characters, they have to bring up Susie. Yeah. And they do so by starting to like sing a little bit of never ending story. It's like. Hey, do we know any hackers near Utah? It's like, well, turn around. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a great callback. Um, oh, yeah. But speaking of music, very well used in this show. Uh, but also cover versions. Yep. I really hope at one point in Stranger Things... It wouldn't fit the period, and and so I don't think they'll do it. But similar to how uh, Gary Jules's Mad World pretty much dominated Donnie Darko, uh, there is a cover of Running Up That Hill by a band called Placebo. Yep, I'm familiar with that one. That I like a whole lot better than the original. And it wouldn't fit the era... But um, I really want to hear placebos running up that hill, maybe in a dramatic scene, just because if you haven't watched, I don't want to spoil it, but that's I see I was trying to even not even prominent. bring that up, so I mean you've kind of I don't yeah. I, want, I don't want to say why, but that song is prominent throughout uh-huh. this season uh-huh. um but yeah anyway, um yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna mention this is actually a great segue. may I segue? By all means, take the reins at this point. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Well, because I was going to mention, because Placebo's cover of Keep Running Up That Hill was used as a video intro uh, for Shawn Michaels' uh, final match against The Undertaker. That seems like a weird decision, but... No, no, it's because it's, it's a career versus career match. Whoever loses has to retire. So it's a very reflective song hmm. of like, is Shawn Michaels willing to sacrifice everything to defeat the Undertaker? Hmm. And speaking is of that, wrestling, is that what you watched, or that was just your segue? That was my segue because who won? Placebo's cover of "Running Up That Hill." Uh, the Undertaker. 
That was Shawn Michaels' final match. Huh. We could and... actually talk about that storyline at some point, because that's actually yeah. a half-decent storyline. Okay. Uh, then I will not ask but... any further follow-up questions. Yeah, let's save that for another time, because yeah. we're not even talking about WWE. We're talking about All Elite Wrestling, AEW, because I went to go see them when I was in Las Vegas. So, play-by-play of Las Vegas. I flew out Thursday morning... Uh, when the la- when you were recording the-, the same day you were recording episode four thirteen. Oh wait, no, you recorded on the Friday, didn't you? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I definitely couldn't have gone on the Friday then. Uh, but and I came back um relatively late Monday, so I was gone um four four nights. Thursday we got to Vegas about one thirty in the afternoon, checked into our hotel. Uh, I might as well name drop it now since we're not. Uh, I'm not there anymore. Uh, we went to the Tropicana, which and, is one of the. And also, you said our. Uh, who did you actually go with? I will not say. Okay. It's it's relevant for later because somehow I want to tell some stories, and it's better if I don't mention names. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. I I uh, won't <laughs> cut that, but nothing was said, so officially retracted yeah. on record. No, no, exactly. There's there's a reason for this. Anyway, so yeah, we got in. Our, we stayed at the Tropicana, which was I think originally built in 1957. Uh, now, is it's, that is that a visually recognizable one that I would know from just media? Probably not as much as like the Flamingo, the or Bellagio, like the Mirage, or... and of and of course like you know Caesars and Paris. Those ones yeah. are pretty because I mean those are distinct. Not even Excalibur, but honestly. Well, definitely a little dilapidated, especially if you look at the windows. It's not in bad shape overall compared to some of the other ones I That's saw. What I've heard, and and you can tell me yes or no, actually having been there, mm-hmm. is like Vegas in real life is like <laughs> the Vegas you saw on TV, uh, but 15 years later and rough around the edges. Yeah, that's not a bad description. Uh, for one thing, yeah, smoke, smoking is still legal there anywhere. Hmm. So the entire place smells like, of cigarettes, indoor, vape, outdoor, and uh, doesn't matter. Weed. Oh yeah. Uh, that kind of sucks for me because I'm sensitive to that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's a big turnoff for me. That was probably one of the three most frustrating things about the trip. I, I enjoyed the trip overall, but I mean, it, this is like it's stuff like this that kind of discourages me from wanting to go alone. Like, I, I, I talked to somebody about this after. I was like, I think the odds of me going by myself ever again are only 4 out of 10. But if That's other people want to go, probably at least a 7. Okay. So if I go in with other people, I would say at least a 7. It's not like, uh, I guarantee I'm going to go back to Japan at some point. I'm definitely going to go to Italy at some point. I'll probably go back to France at some point. I'd say I'm a 8 out of 10 for just going to France again, period. Yeah. I I right. do want to do Vegas once, but only because it would be once and I've never been there. And I'm pretty mm. sure I'm going to be pretty underwhelmed if I and when I go there and be of the same opinion that yeah, probably not going back. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we stayed there, and like honestly, like I, I thought the Tropicana was in better shape than Excalibur and um, uh, Flamingo, to name a couple. How many prostitute cards did you get handed? Uh, not too many, but I almost immediately got solicited by two showgirls okay. who ended up charging me quite a bit of money for a photo after the fact. Hey, that's one of the things I really oh, hate about no. Vegas. Prices aren't always listed up front, including that. <laughs> You've I seen mean, that photo, right? Yep. You got charged for that? 
Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, no. You got yeah. scammed. Oh, my, did I ever. But they probably got, like, a couple thugs nearby if you refuse to pay. Oh, 100%. Awkward. 100%. They, they were trying to take advantage of me being a good Canadian boy. Uh, I didn't let them do that. But <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I was. that was kind of a, I was like, fuck it, it's a fun photo. But, I mean, that did kind of immediately sour me on the whole experience a bit. Yeah. Because the first day, we mostly wandered up around. like uh, a hustle. Like, you might as well have been mugged. Oh, and they're everywhere. There were yeah, so but many. If they show up and demand to be paid for pictures that they took without your permission, mm-hmm. and there's thugs nearby to enforce this, then you got mugged. I mean, I was probably going to get beaten up by the guys in the Paw Patrol costumes. Oh no! <laughs> like you know, like you know That's how in like times. Humiliating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there was a bunch of guys dressed up as Paw Patrol. Uh, I saw Black Panther at one point too. Uh, there was a Chewy at one point. Um, yeah, it was the whole thing. Like, imagine the cliches about Times Square in New York with people in costumes, and that was also happening in Vegas, on the Strip. Which is really weird, because there's a lot less kids there. Anyway, um... I I think... Sorry. I think the solution, like, I think the problem, and not that this was a problem uh, that you did wrong... But I think you're like, oh, hey, picture, okay, and you did the, like, turn and smile. I think next time if you see that coming, you just, like, hands up, like, no thank you and head down. You basically do a paparazzi photo, and then you have ammunition. No, no, they took it with my camera. Oh, well, then, absolutely. I should have asked if there was a charge before I did it. That was my mistake. Or you should have just said no thank you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, live and learn, and Chris, you got a cool picture. Chris. I still had fun with the photo. Yep. And, it, and you know, not to get too much into my sex life, but I don't think I've ever had two sets of boobs pressing against my chest quite so hard at the same time. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a fair statement to say without getting TMI. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying not to sound like too much of a pig here, no. but I mean, you know, given the hey, scenario, there's only so much I can do. You <laughs> were not sexualizing them. You were letting no. them sexualize themselves. Well, they're the ones that told me to say titties. There you go. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say, this was anyway. Fair enough. So I thought we, this we was wonder... like a lot more of like an aggressive thing than it was. It no, like... it was mostly yeah. wholesome, and then they okay. just didn't tell me until after the fact that there was money involved. And all right, fair. I should have known there was, Less, but like there learned. was more than I thought, and it was a whole right. thing. Anyway, the first day we wandered the strip. That was kind of about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second day, um. Start off shitty. Uh, I don't. I didn't know who Robert Irving was before I went to his restaurant. <laughs> uh, his food sucks. It's one of the most expensive meals I had while I was there, and it was incredibly overpriced. And it was at just least, breakfast. Like at least you didn't go to Salt Bay's restaurant. Well, let, let, me, let me put it to you this way, Chris. I spent ten dollars more on that breakfast than I did on lunch later that day. Oof. And the lunch was like a thousand times better. I'm because okay, so breakfast was Robert Irvin restaurant. Don't recommend that place at all. I never heard of him before, and now I think he's kind of a piece of shit for attaching his name to a shitty restaurant. <laughs> uh, That's fair. Lunch we ended up doing Shake Shack. Um, Shake Shack is a fast food chain, at least in at least twelve states, I think, in the U.S. Yeah, uh, possibly more. And as the name might suggest, they do milkshakes. You know, they do, like, Shake of the Month and stuff as well. And they also have 
incredibly tasty cheeseburgers. Nice. Uh, milkshakes themselves are kind of like, you know when you go to, like, White Spot instead of Triple O's and you get, like, a good milkshake? Yeah. Imagine that, but without, like, the secondary cup with the leftover. Okay. It's like a fast, but, like, the same basic quality is just not as much because it's a fast food, but it's, you're still paying premium prices, so it's like, eh, it's not as much, but at the same time, it's a fast food Honestly, restaurant instead of a sit-down. By the time I finished the little one, and then I got that whole other thing, and it's like, it's not like I can yeah. take this with me. Like I'd kind know, of right? prefer to even pay the same price and not not get yeah. the guilt of wasting food when I leave it behind. <laughs> but that's what the shake was like. The cheeseburger, I mean, it's just a well-seasoned, well-cooked, well-prepared burger with the, all the basic fixins. Not much to say about it. It was like six bucks. It was a really good burger. That's kind of, not it was bad. Small, even, it was small but filling. Even well, US it's individual prices. prices. Yeah, even like, US I paid prices, about 60. six bucks yeah. for a really nice burger. That's not unreasonable. Like, I paid $16 for this meal. It was like $4 for the fries, which I'll get to in a sec. Uh, $6 for the burger, $6 for the shake. Oh, so they don't do any combo pricing. It's all... Not that I saw. Okay. Huh. Which is... Because um, if they did, I didn't notice where it was priced. But, um, yeah, the cheese fries. So they do a crinkle cut fry. Mm. And are you like me? You, you consider crinkle cut fry to typically be the sign of a cheap fry, like because it's like the bit generic frozen microwave fry. If it is generic frozen, yes. Yeah, I, I tend to mentally associate crinkle cut with that. So yep. it's really it, it's really nice to have crinkle cut fries that don't suck. Because <laughs> like it was like completely crispy on the outside and perfectly cooked potato on the inside. But it doesn't come down to the cut. I mean, it can I when you get to garnish, but just. Good French fries, which really would be probably down to getting half decent potatoes, but having nice oil and fresh oil, that would really, I think, make the difference. And knowledge of good cooking times and well seasoned. Oh, yeah. Well, because it, it felt like French it was fighting through. It can be okay. through, like, through many different cuts. I was going to say, like, it, but it felt like biting through a nice crispy shell into what was basically mashed potatoes on the inside. That's good french fry. That's good french fry. And it was coated with a delicious cheese sauce. Oh. Right? You're making me hungry. It was easily one of my I favorite meals the entire trip. ate before we started this. So I'm You're not actually hungry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so recommend Shake Shack. Um, I think there's two in Vegas. That was the one I went to. That's in the New York, New York Hotel. The one that looks like New York. The clue's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That place is kind of fun, but apparently the... Uh, Everyone I talked to said the uh, roller coaster on top of it sucks, so uh, I didn't do it. Um, yeah, and then in the afternoon I went to the Strat, you know, short for Stratosphere, but I think they call it the Strat because they can trademark it that way. And it's the one of the tallest lookout points in Vegas. I believe yeah. it is the tallest building because you go up to what's technically the hundred and eighth floor. And then you can actually go outside and, like, have a mostly 360 view of Vegas. So that was fun. That wasn't too expensive. That was about $34 just to go up, which is higher than it would be in, like, some other major cities. But I think the fact that there's an outdoor element gives it a slight advantage. But even then, I still think it was overpriced. Just a little bit comparatively. I don't regret doing it, though. That's another complaint about Vegas. In general, the prices for everything seem very high. 
which don't, is probably the Vegas premium. But don't move past Shake Shack. Why? Well, you mentioned a lot of the food they had there. Yeah. What did they have to drink? Well, I have to come back to that, Chris. That happened okay. another day. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> We're going to get back to that. Calm down. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm just telling a narrative point. story. All right. There's a timeline. Continue the narrative. I'll stop spoiling. Yes, thank you. Spoilers. Don't worry. You'll get your you'll get your day in the sun. Um, <laughs> so that was the main thing I did that afternoon. And then that night we went to the Excalibur. And I got to call it the Excalibur here because it looks like a, a Fisher-Price castle. <laughs> That's been dilapidated. I've seen pictures. You're yeah. not wrong. <laughs> I, I Tell me, yeah. And it also looks like one of the kitschiest places, because while they have all the medieval stuff... I mean, they welcome also to have, Vegas. Yeah, but they also have some of the most wildly out-of-tone... Okay, their, their, their featured act is the Australian Bee Gees. Because, I mean... Like, but, this is a problem at the Luxor 2, where their featured act is Carrot Top. And, I mean, you know, I when I think Egypt, I think Carrot Top. But, like, this, this it just felt so more wildly out of tone. In in other news, and it's I'm sorry this is a, a sidetrack, but I just heard about this recently, and it's very short. Mm-hmm. Did you hear the estate of Elvis... Has cracked down. Oh yeah, on, on Elvis weddings. Elvis weddings, and yep. you can now no longer be married by Elvis in Vegas. Crime against humanity. Anyway, sorry. Continue. No, that's fine. That's the thing with the Tropicana because they're so enrolled in history. Almost all their stage acts are people doing tribute shows to legendary figures. Like they had a Purple Rain tribute show. Mm. Uh, they had Michael Jackson tribute show, and that's not yeah. awkward. Uh, they also had divas in concert, which included tributes to Cher. Um, there's a tribute to Adele, which is kind of weird because she's still alive. I mean, Cher's still alive, but you know, at least she's old as fuck now. Uh, Can I and so interrupt on. with one more thing? Mm-hmm. Recently, Adele was going to do a show in Vegas mm-hmm. and had to cancel last minute and did like a tear-filled, heartfelt apology. Mm-hmm. And so that... Adele tribute act mm-hmm. they put out a post that they were gonna honor all of the Adele tickets into that show as well and that show had record attendance and that makes made, sense. made a ton of money off you know food and drink uh, because they honored the real Adele show when she couldn't show up and I thought that was amazing <laughs> the problem is a lot of them probably went to Robert Irving's restaurant and that place sucks that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that to them, Adele? <laughs> Fake Adele, you mean? I don't care. <laughs> Shania Twain and uh, John Legend were both in residency at the moment, but I didn't get a chance to see either one. Eh. Um, but I, what I did see at the Excalibur was the Tournament of Kings, which is like the most appropriate thing to show at the Excalibur because it's uh, it's King actually Arthur. on brand. <laughs> Yeah, it's a King Arthur fanfic. Um, Like, it's Medieval Times meets King Arthur, for lack of a better term. Which is Medieval Times with magic. Yeah, essentially, yeah, because it's it's hosted by Merlin. Uh, We actually had a cool bit where Merlin sat down next to somebody, like, two seats down from us. Nice. Because Merlin has a bit where he's like, I hope the night off. I'm hanging out with my new friend. Crowd work. 
but yeah, you got like a front row seat to the crowd work. That's cool. Yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. Um, and the food there is all pre-made because like you can't order menu items. Like it's you just get to pick what kind of non-alcoholic drink you want, or if you want to buy alcohol, that's extra. Of course, <laughs> right? And in this case, the meal was a Cornish hen, which was quite good, well seasoned. Uh, fingerling potatoes, which were also quite good and well seasoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, corn, which was bland as fuck. <laughs> yeah, How hard is that's it to the... fuck up corn. It's pretty easy. You just boil it to shit, which is pretty sure what they did. Yeah, but it's it's an omission. All you gotta add is butter and salt, and you're done. Yeah, it's good. And, and yeah. I'm pretty sure they didn't do that. Uh, and then there was some bread, which was fine. It was bread, you know. <laughs> I mean, bread. It's it's hard to get wrong enough that it's bad. Yeah. But there's so, so much you can do with bread that it's a shame when it's just eh, bread. <laughs> Because there are some amazing breads. This is a tangent you didn't need to make. I'm just going to call that out. We talked about tangents we didn't need to go on. Talking about bread like that was not. Anyway. <laughs> I like that. Um, That's fine. This, that's the title of the episode. Carbon likes bread. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Anyway, my recommendations if you go to Excalibur and see this is, one, ask for extra napkins because that chicken is, or sorry, that Cornish hen is greasy as fuck. That sounds Good. delicious. Yeah, but you got greasy cock all over your hands. Sorry, uh, hand. I guess I can't make that joke. Whatever. Um, but yeah, you got you got that all over your hands. So you need more to- moist towelettes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one I would recommend is see the show. It's a lot of fun. It's about seventy dollars American after taxes, but that includes dinner and the show, so that's not bad. It's a bit over an hour. There's uh, sword fighting. There's horseplay. There's like they had a fight between one guy with an axe and another guy with a flail. You're going to pay I mean, that and more to go yeah. see a live show. Yeah, Mordred was walking around shooting fire at people. It was crazy. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not nice. And That's it, horrible. People could have been hurt. But, Why did here's they my let favorite, Mordred into the building? Here's my thing I'm going to spoil for people now because it might confuse them if they go in and see it. So you're seated by country, and there's seven countries. I can't name them all off the top of my head. We were Spain. And there's one that just says dragon. So initially we were like, did they run out of countries? What the fuck is dragon doing there? I would be I disappointed like, if I wasn't sitting in dragon. Yeah, well, you should get tickets to dragon if you can, because I'll explain why. Because dragon, I thought was going to be a VIP section. It's not. Sort of. It is the section dedicated to evil. Because <laughs> for I Mordred, you see, summons a dragon knight to, to fight at one point. So legitimately, if you're in the dragon section, you're rooting for evil. Good. I know, right? So you can you can cheers to your friend being like, gentlemen, to evil. Yep. Great. I thought you were going to say they bring up somebody from the dragon section. I would be <laughs> all in. I, they don't do that, but they do kind of riff on you for cheering for the evil. Eh. Which, I mean, you know, fair enough. It's fun to call that out. If you're in Vegas, you're on evil team. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only other problem I had with the whole thing is, like, it's kind of an awkward queue because there's so many people to go in, so you end up kind of queuing through what's kind of like a fairground in the downstairs. So you're, like, queued up next to a Dairy Queen Orange Julius, next to a guy who's got, like, stuffed dragons you can win by shooting something. <laughs> that it's... is pretty awkward. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's got that weird tone thing. It's like the fairground kind of works for the like, Excalibur theme, but then you got the Orange Julius right there, and you're like, you know, it's cool. <laughs> That reminds me, the other major thing they advertised... Okay, like, the three number th- big things on the banner, for, besides the name Excalibur, were Tournament of Kings, good, 
Australian Bee Gees, what the fuck, even more what the fuck, Dick's Last Resort. The restaurant chain. What is that? It's a stupid restaurant chain where they serve you with sarcasm. The food is fine. I went to one in Indianapolis once. Oh, so they just, they bring you mediocre food, but they're just assholes, and you pay for the... Yeah, you pay you pay to get abused. ...of them just being sarcastic Step- assholes. Yeah. And, okay, you know, so jokes it's about- like a, a comedy show front row crowd work, but at your table. Yeah, They'll and you're just getting verbally abused and, and be like, I want to pay more for this. I mean, I wouldn't mind it, but I wouldn't pay more for it. <laughs> and why would you advertise that as like your number three feature? Yeah, that's weird, except it's why people love Front Row at a comedy show, even though you do get... It's not a comedy show, though. It's just your server insulting you. I'm just saying, you pay for that like you pay extra for the Front Row at a comedy show. People just like getting publicly roasted because they don't care if it's good or bad. They just want to be the center of attention. So, that's the draw. But, carrying on. Yeah, so that was Friday night. That's why mm-hmm. I couldn't make the podcast. I was too busy watching Prince Christopher fight Mordred. Did Prince Christopher win? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he always does. I'm pretty sure the dragon section is the only section that can never win. Because the actual, like, Tournament of Kings with the seven countries... Once in a while, a they king should can let, actually win. they should let the dragons win. Just to, like, what if you were in any other section other than Dragon, and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> that guy just got burned to death. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, man. Saturday. Anyway. Yeah, Saturday. Um, so this was one of the busiest days. Uh, we started out, we did um, Omega Mart, which is by Meow Wolf who do surrealist art exhibition, interactive art exhibits mm-hmm. where they have stuff like they have a, a place that is got a elaborate sci-fi mystical backstory to it. In this case, it's the Omega Mart, which is secretly run by a company who have tapped into a mysterious thing known only as the source, which they use to sell their products. <laughs> and it's heavily implied. Like their products are like the creation of like, temporal anomalies and shit created by the source. Nice. I like so so what happens is you go into a store This is and in it looks no like way a rel- related to the stores that Radio Shacks became, is it? No, no, no. no. Okay. This is like this is like what if somebody had an elaborate Fallout fanfic for the Super Duper Mart that also somehow delved into vampire diaries. <laughs> Neat. Well, that whenever I think of somebody just talking about the source and chasing a woman in a weird robe, I'm just like that feels like Vampire Diaries to me. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm just projecting, but I'm like, it works in the subject because it's it's just a weird thing. Because like, then there's a cult of men with overly long robot necks who are worshiping the CEO of the company as he talks about I, twenty years of increasing profits. I don't like this. It's it's it's. I describe it as Science World the Vancouver Institute mm-hmm. uh, designed by people who smoke weed for people who smoke weed, but you should not actually smoke weed before you go because it's already enough of a mind trip. And while they try to make the place fairly accessible, like there's plenty of elevators and uh, wheelchair accessible areas, 
there's still enough narrow stairways and awkward like tunnels and stuff that you can optionally go through that being high would probably make the experience way more dangerous. I would love it there, and I do not partake, so I would go there uh, no, not no, sober. I, every... I would probably drink, but I wouldn't mm. smoke. Yeah, like uh, Meow Wolf, uh, their first institute, the one in um, Santa Fe, got featured in Rooster Teeth's Weird Place limited web series. Never saw it. Uh, yeah, that was... Um, and so this is a different one. Like This one only opened, I think, in 2021. So I got in fairly soon, mm-hmm. uh, comparatively. <laughs> like Tournament of King, I think, has been going on since at least the 90s. Uh, probably earlier. I don't know. Um, but my point, yeah, like this place is just an absolute trip. It's expensive to begin in. It's like a $50 experience, and that's without the extended ARG like lore package, where you can actually mm-hmm. like dive into the history of the company... Use the that interactive like technology. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a whole thing, and on top of it all, just like the regular storefront, like because you go in, it's a regular storefront, and then you can like go backstage, you know, like to what would normally be employee only areas, and you find like this elaborate series of tunnels and surrealist like time bullshit paradox rooms, and like all kinds of weird science experiments. You know, some the, the type you might see at Science World, but rather than just being random exhibits, it's like part of the lore of this elaborate superstore. Huh. Like, there's like noise toys and interesting. like. Interesting. I would like to check it out. Yeah. Like, believe me, I am still underselling it. You have to see this. If yep. you're in Vegas and you want just a mind fuck, go there. It's part of Area 15. It's like their big featured piece. There's so much. Like, we spent. I, I think I gave us three hours to explore that place. We took probably a little over two. Oh. No, I gave us four hours. Sorry. <laughs> like that was a it was over a two hour experience, and we still had time to like just really soak everything in. Yeah, it was wild. Hmm. Uh, and and then we bought some fun novelty crap because they do sell a lot of the fake products that are still kind of real. Like they sell um salt-free peanut, or sorry, peanut-free salted peanuts, which are 100% salt. So it's a salt shaker. Okay. Right. Because normally it's salt-free peanuts. Uh, I think it was five ninety nine. That's still too still much t- for some yeah, salt. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> oh, no, everything was overpriced. I mean, again, this is Vegas we're so talking it's, about. So it's like a roadside tourist shop. In a way, yeah. That has, like, the weather stone with a sign that says, if the stone is warm, it's sunny out. If the stone is wet, it's raining. Like, yep. it's all that stuff. Okay. There's absolutely some humor like that. There's also just, like, uh, some other humor, stuff. Humor, you say. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there's also, like, um, what is it, wolf bait, which is backpacker flavored that you're supposed to throw if a wolf comes at you. Yeah, stuff like that. <sighs> yep. And there's one that was like post-it notes that were actually that were designed to look like ramen noodles, and like there was instructions on how to prepare it like ramen. It's like boil water, pour water down drain, <laughs> then actually peel off post-it note I and write something. I get it, but I could also go to a dollar store. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of these some of these are stupid gimmick items, but like they were still. It's like it's fun to look at. It, it I mean, be I... fun to look at, but anybody. Buying those things, it's like, yeah, you pay for the experience, but if you buy any of those things as souvenirs, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, Chris, I bought some of those things. Well, then you should have just gone to the dollar store. Yeah, but 
that wasn't in Vegas. Fair enough. All right. Anyway, after that, we went to the Mob Museum, as that in the Mafia. That sounds really interesting. It's definitely interesting because it uh, covers not just the history of the mob in Vegas, which is what I was expecting. Like it covers the whole rise. Like they go in deep into uh, uh, Al-, Al Capone, of course, uh, Lucky Luciano, you know, Meyer Lansky, Bugsy Siegel, of course, because Bugsy was one of the guys who built the Flamingo. Yeah. Right. And they also go into the Chicago Outfits Control in the 60s and 70s, I believe it was, with the Stardust. Uh, if you've seen the movie Casino, replace Tangiers with Stardust, and that's basically the story of what happened there. Yeah. Because uh, Casino is just inspired by true events. It's not actually 100% a one-to-one. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, that was all very interesting. We spent several hours there. And we went to um, the basement at one point, and the basement's a speakeasy, supposedly. Like it, it's it's really just a club, yeah. But it's they have a speakeasy style club in the basement where they actually had like a live jazz act, and unfortunately we didn't get to see it just because there was too much of a wait. Just a damn shame. But that night we went to, um, I should probably mention breakfast. We went to Forty Eighth and Crepe. At New York, New York, also very good for breakfast. Only $10 for a really good breakfast crepe that had, like, egg whites, spinach, tomato, mushrooms, pesto. Very healthy. Yeah. Probably the healthiest thing I ate the entire trip. Honestly, yes. (laughs) (laughs) There wasn't even cheese in it. Yeah. So many things we had just had randomly had cheese. Well, yeah, because cheese is delicious. Yeah. But at first glance, it's just like, oh, no. But then it's like, no, actually, that sounds pretty legit healthy. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we went to the Triple George Grill, which is over by Fremont Street. Fremont Street is like the pre-strip strip. Yeah. Uh, that's where the Golden Nugget is. That's where Vegas Vic is. That's where the Four Queens is. <laughs> Just to name some of the iconic places there. There's a White Castle there, too. We didn't go there, but <laughs> random trivia. I noticed there was a White Castle there. Nice. Uh, we ended up going to a place called the Triple George Grill, which is actually right next to an authentic-looking biker bar. Like, straight out of Sons of Anarchy. Authentic looking, or just authentic? It probably was mostly authentic. There just wasn't a huge amount of motorcycles actually out front. Fair enough. So I'm not 100% sure if it was just authentic looking, but it definitely had the feel of one. Which and there were people hanging out in leather. So. Kept moving on. Don't go in. Yeah. No, I wasn't going to do that. No. I. <laughs> you've seen me. I, I'm I, not saying yeah. anything about you. I'm just saying... Yeah, no, I'm just saying, you you know in particular, I mean, I think the only one of, the only, I would only maybe slightly have a better chance in a biker bar than you, slightly, and even then, you probably still would have a better chance, because you know more about cars than I do. Mm. So you could impress them with your mechanical know-how. I started talking about anime or pro wrestling, they kill me. No, pro wrestling, you'd you'd have a chance. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, (laughs) so, uh, the Triple George Grill... Definitely had one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. What cut? Uh, it, it was a, it was a fourteen ounce buffalo ribeye. Nice. Of course, the only risk is with a ribeye; it's not one hundred percent eat. Usually, there's usually quite a bit of uh, tendery, not good bits in the middle, right, holding it all together. But if you cut around mm-hmm. all that, I mean, because so it, it it eliminates an ounce or two from the actual edibleness of the steak, but it's still really no, good. But the fat gives it flavor. It does give it flavor, but you don't eat the fat. No, but you it cooks throughout. I'll yeah. take the missing ounce 
to have yeah, a better I'm, taste I'm, of I'm steak. just explaining for those who don't eat steaks and understand because my friend one of my friends got a filet mignon. That's uh, a very And fil- and yeah. filet mignons are 100% eat. Yeah, but I don't like that one as much for that reason. All right. Well, now you're just being a bitch. No. I'm being a snob. Yeah. Bitchy snob. Yeah. There we go. Uh, so we had that, and we had a couple of veggies. Uh, my favorite was we ordered the Brussels sprouts, and the Brussels sprouts came with bacon bits, cranberries, and almonds. We didn't know any of that. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> it was really good, but we were just like, we were trying to order something healthy, and you put bacon on it. <laughs> you know. Welcome to Vegas. Um, yeah, I know, but like that was an expensive meal. Oh, really? We... Really welcome to America. We had a couple different martinis. Uh, I had an Irish coffee. Like, that was easily our most expensive meal. Yeah. Well over $200 for all of us. Oof. Yeah. Wait, all of you is how many? Again, I'm not going to disclose that. You don't have to name them. Can you name no. the size of the group? No, I can't. I'm being as ambiguous as possible because I, there's a story I want to bring up. And I want to make sure people don't know who it is or by process of elimination can figure it out. Okay, fair enough. So $200 for all of you was either ridiculous and unreasonable or amazing and great deal. Yeah, if it was 20 of us, it would be ridiculous and amazing for all those stakes. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, again, I don't want to give anything away here. Fair enough. Because here's there's a running through plot, which we'll get to in a moment. So after all that, we ended up going to the Neon Museum which has the neon lights uh, that like, that's where they go when they get taken down. Like the original, Do they uh, hook hard... them up again. Like, are they lit up? Yes. Yes. Okay. That would be, that would be probably out of everything you've said so far, <laughs> the thing I would want to see most. Honestly, it was kind of underwhelming. Mm, fair enough. Especially, especially cause they also did the restoration project and the restoration project just was kind of self-indulgent. <laughs> No, I hey. want to see the classics, not... Yeah, because well, there was ones that were just... falling apart and not working, you have to restore them, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just, it, it didn't ultimately capture the imagination. Uh, Fremont Street, I was gonna ride the zip line that goes over the street, that but would be somebody cool. got, but somebody got trapped halfway through. Oh no! <laughs> so, we saw them getting rescued, like, another guy was coming along into, like, a motorized zip line to, like, save them. <laughs> but but I was so just like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Up the zip line. Sorry, you're traveling oh, the no, wrong it's... way up the zip line to get them. Oh, no, it's a hor- it's mostly horizontal, I think. Okay, but I wouldn't every like either direction towards the trap person be where gravity takes you. Because I'm not entirely there. sure. I don't. Whatever. That's but I think it was motorized just to avoid on. whatever stopped her also yep. stopping him. Because then you have to rescue two people, and it's like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> um, I'm picking the wrong yeah. thing to expand upon. And I just got to mention about Fremont Street. I mentioned all the cool historic stuff there. I didn't mention the fact that there was a guy there with a sign that said, only Democrats don't tip. And there was a woman, I'm going to generously say, was in her late 40s, in pasties and basically nothing else, saying broadcast with a sign that said, broadcast former stripper looking for cigarettes and vodka. I mean, at least she's honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nobody wanted to see that. No. No. Because, you know, it's one of those things. Um, 
And there was something else I was going to mention. Oh, and the heart attack rills in that area, too. We didn't go, but it was there. Uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, is apparently, why you're here with me recording. Well, one of the wrestlers from Japan who came to do an AEW show prior to the thing we went to go see Sunday, uh, he apparently went to the heart attack grill and got whipped by one of the nurses there. So that's what they're into there. Neat. Yeah. So that yeah, that was the we we wrapped that up and then Sunday, Chris, this is the part you've been waiting for. We went to back to Shake Shack because somebody donated ten dollars to my Extra Life campaign to have me to try this drink. But can we go it into was. that a bit more? What 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 more do you want? I said, hey, I'm taking crowd donations for me to drink this, and you thought it just sounded delicious, so thought I was joking. Yeah. So what was in this drink? Apple juice, kiwi juice lime juice and peter posted this on our discord like hey i'll take donations to drink this as if it's a horrible like challenge to like muscle down such a disgusting concoction i thought he was being <laughs> sarcastic about like oh hey i'm gonna have this drink it's like if if i said i'm having a fine wine who's gonna pay me to drink this uh, this is not a fine wine, Chris. No, but it sounds delicious. I thought you were joking. And then he posted later. So here's what well, happened. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm skeptical because I'm, I'm thinking there's no way in fuck these flavors are going to combine well. And, well, they combined better than I thought. I still don't think they combined that well. It sounds did... delicious to me. I want to try it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, Chris. So I drank it. And then I got my feet sucked by some fish. Neat. Yeah, because there's those fish that are like nibble your skin. I have always wanted to try that. Yeah, no, we did it. We did it. It was a 30 minute session plus a post rub down where like, you know, they clean it up and they actually put some oils and stuff on there. So the whole experience was $50 each, which is definitely more than we paid for that in Japan where it was only like. $15 and then an extra $2 fee to actually go to see the fish themselves. But I mean, those fish were native to Japan. These were imports on the strip. Yeah. And it, and that was a 15 minute but thing in Japan. Had, this was a 30. You had this is that a 30 experience minute. in Japan. Yeah. Okay. How did this compare? Forget cost experience wise. Uh, well, it was longer. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't remember it tickling as much in Japan. Okay. And it was a smaller tank, so the fish basically had nowhere else to go but my feet. So that's probably why it tickled more. Yeah. Because these are individual tanks instead of one, like, giant tank that people would sit around and put their feet in. Right? Which is Com probably one of the other reasons it costs more in Vegas. I mean, it's also Communal on the strip, so you have... foot bath is literally what happens every time you get into a hot tub. So I don't know why that... I don't know why I'm having a hang-up, but suddenly the thought of, like, everybody sitting around a pool, dangling mm. their gnarly feet in, hoping that fish nipple away the dead skin, it's like, that's well, Chris, happening if it makes you in feel a better. hot tub, but it doesn't feel terrible. It feels definitely weird to have a communal fish nibble pool. Mm. Well, if it makes you feel better, Chris, uh, they would only do it about... After about an hour of the pool being open for that at the Japan place, they would then shut down for about an hour to, like let the fish settle, clean the tank a bit. So they were doing regular cleanings. And, like, it's the same thing with this place. They would empty the tank after every cleaning. You know what I bet would also be a factor? Mm. 
I bet the fish in Vegas were hungrier. Oh, entirely possible. Well, Chris, guess where they came from? Japan? Hungary. I didn't even do that on purpose. I know, but you set me up and I had to tell you. I wasn't even going to mention uh, it until you until you set me up. I didn't know those kind of fish were Hungarian. Or is, Apparently they were Hungarian. Like even the ones that are in Japan? Or are there, I have no like, idea. I'm pretty sure the ones in Japan are native of... to Japan. They certainly seem to be. Okay. Also, also the ones in Japan had a doctorate. These ones didn't. Ah. Yeah, yeah, because they were doctor fish in Japan. Here they were, it was just like the fish spa. So they haven't got to med school yet, but they still no. charge me more. Which, so, I mean, they're clearly doing something right that the doctor isn't. Mm-hmm. Anyway, after all that, uh, I went I went back to the hotel for a little bit, and I was going to go get lunch. And then I had horrible stomach pains. And I realized that the drink that you, you paid me $10 to drink was giving me stomach trouble, Chris. Don't blame the drink. Why? Because it was the last thing I drank? And I had an upset stomach within two hours of drinking it? What else did you eat and drink earlier that day? I had an egg sandwich like four hours before I had that drink. There you go. There was that. Yeah, that's not how stomach pains work, Chris. It might be. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. You're just denying it because you yeah. refuse to admit that you that your donation, even after I at first admitted, you know what, the drink isn't that bad. And then later on, I'm like, I take it back. It poisoned me. Fuck that drink. No, I still want to try it. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I understand. Some people also want to pay to have uh, needles in their balls. Anyway, um, we after that, I we tried pile. I don't try that. Uh, that's because you're a coward. Nope. So after, so after all that, we went to Pyology, and, uh, which was a great name for a place that had decently expensive but still solidly filling for what they were uh, pizzas. Mm-hmm. Like we had a nice deep dish that was okay. It had spinach nice. on it. <laughs> Somewhat healthy. <laughs> uh, until yeah. the next day. Oh, yeah. Um, and Just after that... Don't is when look we went down to... after you're on the toilet after you've had spinach. I'll tell you that. <laughs> gross anyway yes. so after that we went i'm trying to move on you f- son of a bitch okay <laughs> so we're going to the t-mobile arena okay. which is where aew's pay-per-view double or nothing was uh i bring it up because i want to comment on the arena god bless them they tried they were disorganized <laughs> because we got the dash pass so we could get in early mm-hmm and they kept trying to move us out of the dash pass line to the regular line because they were confused about which line we were actually in. Because nice. they thought we were in the VIP line, which is not the dash pass line. So, like, eventually we get in. Um, yeah. I got the bar pass, too, which is great because it was only open for an hour, which was really annoying. But it was unlimited drinks while we were there. Unlimited drinks? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck how we cleaned them out. <laughs> oh, I did. Guess what <laughs> the first thing I ordered was? A car bomb? Long Island. Uh, do they do the bottle or off the shelf? No, Cause... off the shelf. They did every individual shot, my friend. Okay, because okay. out of the bottle, I like a Long Island, but an off the shelf Long Island with like all the actual ingredients instead of the premix. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that was that was no. There's nothing wrong with out of the bottle, but this was off the shelf. Nice. Uh, I so I downed one of those. Uh, I I got all my free bottles of water. My, my include my bottles of water there because otherwise it was gonna be like five dollars in the arena because Vegas prices. Oh, but and your arena prices just gives you a bunch of bottles of water. Oh yeah, 
Nice. Okay. That yeah, that's actually but it was, but it was legit. A, yeah, no, I did that. I got a Coke. Uh, I got a rum and coke. Like in terms of the alcohol, I did a Long Island iced tea, a rum and coke, and then I, I I also sobered up with a regular coke as well as like three bottles of regular water. Yeah. And so I think I got my my money's worth out of that bar pass. Uh, and we ended up being seated higher than I wanted to. I did bring the sign though, as promised. There was a sign that said "Remake Hybrid Heaven" and then had the Car Bomb Podcast phone number on it. Which, by the way, have not gotten a call. And I did verify when you said you were going to do that. I verified that the line is still functioning, so still waiting. Yeah, somebody knew that that was a podcast sign, so somebody at least called but then didn't leave a message, I think. How do you mean? Well, because on the sign, it doesn't mention a podcast anywhere on there, right? right? It's got Remake Hybrid Heaven, the phone number, the Extra Life logo, and the Quinn Pop logo for the Pop Tower podcast, because mm-hmm. I want to get that in there as well. Well, yeah, you should. So they knew that this sign was a podcast sign, which tells me they either looked up Quinn Pop, or or more likely, they called the phone number and found, because, I mean, it says when you answer the, the phone, your robot voice, you, I that it's a podcast, right? I can't remember, uh, but it is uh, like something like, Welcome to the Par- Carbon Podcast phone line. So it is right yeah. in there. So I'm pretty sure at least one person called that and then hung and up then before nope. leaving a message. Yeah, I don't get notifications about that. I only get notifications if a message is left. Exactly. We did get so... one message uh, before you went in there. Mm. And it says, uh, yeah, this is just a test. By the way, you suck. Oh, that might be the guy. Nope. It was me. So I didn't play it. <laughs> oh, I you wanted, did it. I wanted to make sure it was still working. But oh, I did okay. want to mention that we did get a call on that line. So, yay. <laughs> good job. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so the show itself was pretty good, but we were pretty high up. Which did pay off because the show was good. It was long. Um, there were really good matches in there. have the big screen? So you oh, can yeah. see some of the action? Okay. Well, because they have the um, like the four sided video screen thing that hangs over like yeah. basketball games as well. That's mm-hmm. there. Uh, they had the big screens up front on the ramps. The big thing is you can't hear the commentators, and there's a couple times they would show shots of the commentators, but their voices aren't getting really? piped in, right? Well, yeah, because you can't have that the seems... commentators playing over the arena sounds, because then you will get the commentary over the arena sounds while also recording the commentary directly, right? Uh, the sound mix yeah. would get fucked up. I guess, I guess. And, and that you, can also always, weird... you always have the option of watching back later. Exactly. Well, I did, because... Um... <laughs> Are <laughs> like, you like visible was... at any point? Very briefly. Okay. Yeah. It's, it like, I, so I tried to screen... <laughs> you really have to be looking. I screenshotted myself, and I'm like, I could barely tell that's me, and I know where I was sitting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you don't even have the sign up in that? I didn't. I didn't have the sign up in that shot because I didn't realize okay, it was visible in that particular shot. It's it's not worth. It's sharing. so not worth looking for me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I wanted to call out probably one of the only reasons, one of the main reasons to rewatch it later, and one of the reasons it was so good to be there live is the third last event match was Anarchy in the Arena. So up until this point, the match has been fairly normal, right? Mm-hmm. 
you know, tag matches, three ma- three versus three, whatever. Singles, cool. Um, then there's Anarchy in the Arena, where the arena, the ring announcer comes to the ring, and normally he's supposed to say, like, you know, this match is scheduled for one fall. He's like, and he, so he comes up and goes, ladies and gentlemen, shit's about to get real. Nice. <laughs> and so we had a five-on-five Anarchy in the Arena match, where the Jericho Appreciation Society, which as you would surmise from the team name is uh, Jer- Chris Jericho's current faction. Okay. Where it's a but where you know it's like it's it's an e- ego rub. They're all saying he's like the best guy ever, etc. It's mostly new guys though, and so they're kind of getting the rub for working with him, which I appreciate. Ego in wrestling, you don't say. He's also the heel, and his opponents were a mix of. The uh, what the heck was, did it actually stand for? They were Latin Americans, uh, so their 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 group name was once called LAX. I think it was Latin American Exchange, but you know also play on the fact Los Angeles at LAX is also the Los Angeles airport. Yeah, um, and that's Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Um, and they were teaming up with the Blackpool Combat Club, which is John Moxley and Brian Danielson, uh, two very notable dudes in their own right. And what happened was the Jericho Appreciation Society came out all dressed in white, like the Backstreet Boys, <laughs> and came to the middle of the ring. Were and they then, doing, like, any of their songs, or no, no, no. Well, they were singing uh, the the Chris Jericho's theme song, which is done by Chris Jericho's band Fozzy. It's uh, Judas, huh. and the fans will sing along with the song because it's pretty well known at this point. Anyway, um, but yeah, the the Blackpool the Blackpool LAX combo group came out to John Moxley's theme, which is Wild Thing. Nice. But they actually licensed the song Wild Thing. And they all came out ready to fight through the crowd on, like, the various staircases around the arena. And then they just rushed the ring, and before, like, the match could really start, they just started all fighting. And so the bell rang, and here's the thing. The bell rang. Wild Thing didn't stop. Nice. So it went through the whole song, stopped, and then started again. Is and that the, a mistake or on purpose? Oh, this was on purpose because okay. they wanted to do that to make it like stand out. Because like um, New Jack, a wrestler uh, from ECW in the nineties who passed away, and way better very... than old Jack. Yeah, he's he's got a complicated history. He's like this is a guy who said he uh, watched his mom get shot by his dad when he was like ten years old. The man had some issues. Just, I just want to say that about if New Jack. If that's true, that's saying. fucked. And if that's kayfabe, that's fucked. Because don't yeah. put something like that in kayfabe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's real. New Jack was a fucked up individual. Yeah. Still kind of kind of easy to like, despite all the fucked up shit he did. Anyway, moving Fair on. Fair enough. But the point is, New Jack, whenever he came to the ring, his music would never stop. He would just kind of beat people with weapons, and that would be that. <laughs> so they decided to kind of homage what he did, but with Wild Thing. And they all just paired up and started fighting around the arena. So the camera crew have to constantly cut between five different fights. <laughs> but being high up in the arena, we could see where they were going on. So we watched, um, I think it was Angelo Parker and Brian Danielson basically throwing each other up and down one aisle for like almost 10 minutes. Nice. That was essentially what was happening. They would go up the stairs, someone would get thrown down. <clears throat> they would start punching one guy up the stairs again and then throw him down back and forth, back and forth. Did anybody steal a ladder and try to run out of the arena with it? 
somebody did steal a ladder at one point, but they didn't try to run away with it. They used it as a weapon. Mm. And one of the biggest boos of the night came when Chris Jericho found the the sound mix and cut it off. That's when Wild Thing finally stopped. I get that they have to do that, but I would boo the hell out of that. Oh yeah, oh no, it was that's why Jericho did it because he's the heel. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's like, it hey, you, you know this thing that's making everyone happy. Yeah, I will end it. And one of my favorite parts of the whole thing is Eddie Kingston at one point fucks off with, I think it was Matt Maynard, it might have been Daniel Garcia, um, and they fight in the elevator of the arena. <laughs> <laughs> so they show footage on the screen yeah. of them just like... <laughs> okay, do you get the audio of that at least on the screen? Not really. Okay, that... I, I know no, Again, because you have to worry about the echo. Yeah. It's, so, it's one of those things. I guess if you go see a live show, you pretty much have to watch the the recorded one afterwards. Well, you don't have to. But it'll definitely you help should. you pick up some things you might have missed. But in this case, the fact that we could see where the geography was in this chaotic match as they broke up around the arena did help a lot keep track of things. Because I did go back to watch some of the stuff I didn't get a clear vantage on later because we had to watch the screens a lot too. Yeah, But it was amazing. And of course, since they're all wearing white, they all start bleeding. It looks so brutal. <laughs> because they start using chairs, they start using ladders. Nice. John Moxley at one point just randomly starts pulling apart the ring itself to beat people with the ring posts. I'm into it. And then, and then one of the most iconic shots in the entire show, Eddie Kingston comes out of the back after having beat the shit out of Daniel Garcia in the elevator. He's covered in blood, some of it his, not all yeah. of it his, with a gas can. Because what happened was a few weeks ago, Jericho uh, threw a fireball in uh, Eddie Kingston's face. So Jer- so Eddie decides to get revenge by just casually walking to the ring like a zombie, getting in the ring. And as Jericho's laying on the ground, having gotten the shit kicked out of him by Brian Danielson, just casually pours the gas on him and casually pulls out a lighter. It's just really? like the most, oh my god, this is what you've done to him. Uh, it was wild. He didn't. He didn't obviously have to set him on fire because that would be way too dangerous. So she says that's really sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, well, because he also got the gas on Danielson and himself. It wasn't just Jericho. He was going to burn them all. And most likely, uh, just to look right. Obviously, they're not actually pouring gasoline on human beings whether oh, yeah. they intend to light it or Holy not. Holy shit, You're that would have been a bad idea that. if that was real, yeah. Uh, but I don't think it would look quite right if you did just water. I bet yeah. they poured watered down oil. It's entirely possible. And I Whatever don't it mean was. like motor oil, I mean like canola. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's still very unpleasant to get just covered in canola. Oh, yeah. Unless you're a porn star, then you're used to it. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to wrap up here because we are starting to get near the end, but I want to comment. Yes. We, the show was way too long cause it was, over, it was about five hours. Oof. They need to shorten these. Yeah. But I, I mean, was that really happy. sounds fun for a bit, but I think after five hours, I'd just be like, I'm, I mean, we're at an hour 20 and I'm turning into a Muppet. <laughs> so yeah. five hours would be too much. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But uh, I wanted to comment, yeah, I was proud to say I was there when CM Punk defeated Adam Page to become AEW World Champion. Nice. CM Punk is now champion. 
Awesome. Never thought we'd see. Never thought we'd see Good that, considering on. he basically retired for seven years. <laughs> Has he been champion before? In WWE. Okay, but after seven years, he. Well, no. What happened is in 2014, CM Punk. Uh, this is probably a story for another day. He quit the company for real. Yeah. And just basically didn't wrestle for seven years. Huh. He did UFC and he got the shit kicked out of him in both his fights. <laughs> yeah, because. I, as I've said before, I have to clarify my statement. I do not think wrestling is fake in that it's easy, mm. but UFC is not WWE. No, like, I mean, even Brock Lesnar. The one does not even give you a chance in the other. The other one well, I mean, is way more Brock Lesnar. Did Brock Lesnar go into... Yeah, well, yeah, he started in WWE, went into UFC, became UFC heavyweight champion. Oh, okay, eh. never mind. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was probably not like seamless. He probably did a bunch of training. Uh, uh yeah, and then like he did lose his first match, and then convinced Dana White that no, I can do this. Let me keep going, and then he ended up becoming champion. So he ended up being a success story. But for every Brock Lesnar, there's like a bunch of other wrestlers who tried to do MMA and failed. <laughs> it's not the same thing, even remotely. But to yeah. be fair, a, an MMA fighter, like any decent MMA fighter, could get into a wrestling entertainment ring and acquit themselves well, but they won't do great. Like, there is a specific talent and skill set that is really good at, at doing that, but it's 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 very athletic showmanship. But it's kind of, while in no way similar, it's kind of equivalent to figure skating. Boy, you gotta be super athletic to do it, but you also need a whole lot of technique and skill and talent and choreography. And you're gonna get nowhere with just one of those. You need a combination of both. It's true. Um. Anyway, so that was a great show. I was glad I was there live. Yeah. And the next day before we left, I made sure to go to the Bellagio to see the fountain uh, for the Memorial Day show. Oh, nice. How was that? Which that was pretty cool because they like man, those water those water cannons they have in there are like thunder because like they shoot out and you don't hear the boom for like a good second or two. Oh yeah, it's literally a water cannon. It yeah, it's shooting it at ridiculous velocity. Yeah, it was impressive. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, and we flew back home that afternoon, and Calgary fucked me again. Not as bad as it did last time, where I got stuck there overnight. But uh, fuck Calgary Airport. <sighs> yeah, partially Calgary in general, but no, most of the airport. Yeah, but also fuck Calgary. Yep. Anyway. All right, that's been this episode. Jacob, take us home. Outro. Three, two. Stick, trash bag, shatterproof glass, tailpipe tread like grease and chrome, front bumper, universal bearing, aerial brake shoe, shock absorber, fireball. You're just giving me a whole lot of work, Peter. I know I do.